right, well, we are back. Uh, I'm Leslie Bolser. I am with Core Essential Values. I am the Curriculum and Creative Director at that company, and I'm here with my friend Beth, and she is an awesome person who sets me straight every month <laughs> oh, about how I should be parenting <laughs> and working with kids. So, uh, Beth, with that introduction, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Gosh, yeah, that's quite the introduction. <laughs> I am an associate professor and the director of the master's program at Indiana University East, and have also been a psychologist or counselor working with kids and families for about the last 15 years. And my focus is um, to help uh, adults make words matter for good in the lives of the kids that they are around. And I think we often forget the power that our words have. And so it's um, why I'm so excited to talk about humility yeah. this month. It does feel like every month we're like, gosh, this is such a good word. I know. I know. <laughs> just once I'm going to say this one's the easiest one. Yeah. So I, it's so easy. We got this one. But I it's just, not. It's never going to happen. It's yeah. not this month. Let me tell you. Yeah. So humility, when we when we talk about it from the core essential values perspective, we're talking about putting others first by giving up what you think you deserve. Yeah. So there's a lot in there. Yeah. Uh, there's putting others first and then there's giving up what you think you deserve. Mm. Um, and I think what I read into that when I think about humility and I think about parenting is I think about how much of um, myself and my own insecurities and my own lack of confidence I put on to my kids in yeah. my parenting and yep. how that affects um, just their development and, and this issue of humility. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's tough as parents because, um, and I mean, maybe even just as humans, but I think we all want to go into every day just doing the best that we can, yeah. right? And all of us parents want to raise kids who are good people. I mean, you know, we all make the, the decisions that we think are best to raise good kids. Right. And I think when our kids come to us with an emotional moment, like they weren't picked for something or yeah. they weren't invited mm -hmm. or somebody, um, you know, said something about them or maybe they weren't the best and they're having to deal with not being the best yeah. something. Typically, they're emotional, and we want to join in that emotion with them because it makes us feel maybe there's a little bit of insecurity in us as parents. Maybe we have had some experiences like that as... Yeah, it brings something back, right? Yeah. yeah. Either way, it brings out emotion in us. And typically, what we want to do with emotion is push away from it. Or shut it down or wrap it up and fix it as oh, quickly as possible. It. Right. Right. Back, back to happy. Back to happy. Let's yeah. Back to happy. Let's just whatever it takes to make them happy. We're just going to get there. And we sort of lose sight of the longer term kind of goal for us as parents, which is to develop these skills and in, in our kids to to manage these emotions. And so I think as your kid comes, the first thing to really respond with is just a pause and saying okay I'm going to take a little breath they're really emotional they might be crying they might be saying you know pretty negative things about themselves I'm so stupid nobody ever likes me I've never been picked for anything I'm always the worst right and our job is not to get wrapped up in that emotion our job is not to um, dispute all of those things right now Right. They're yeah. emotional. And if we try to say, oh, honey, you know how much everybody loves you or oh, honey, you remember how last year you were the best and blah, blah, blah. 
those are not going to be helpful right now. Yeah. So instead, we have to just be able to pause and kind of sit with that emotion. And honestly, that is part of humility, even for us as grownups, is, is being able to kind of sit in, in the hardness of this and try not to jump straight to fix it or cover it up or, you know, just, just make it better immediately. Right. Wow. I'm like, as you're talking, I'm just sitting here replaying conversations with my own kids or, Mm. you know, events with my own kids and thinking about how did my own insecurity or my emotion play a part? How was I, how was I putting myself first in my conversations with them instead of putting them first in their emotions and their reactions to things? And that can be really difficult. Also, when you're talking about not getting picked for something or not Mm -hmm. being the best at a team, you know, something you're on with other people and comparing to other kids, I think it can be so difficult as parents to separate our kids' gifts and skills and interests from our own. Yeah. And then their level of ability. You know, obviously, at, you know, in my 40s, I would approach a project or I would approach a conversation or I would approach even an athletic event different than my kid when they're 12 or 13. Yeah. And that's normal. Yeah. And so me inserting my adultness yeah. <laughs> into their kid reaction or their kid behavior or their kid ability is um, really not appropriate. But I find that not just myself, but I see that a lot in parents that we have trouble separating sometimes ourselves from our expectations of our kids. And we let, we believe that what our kids do or don't do reflect so much on us. Yes. And we're embarrassed when they don't live up to some standard that we've set. Um, and that really does affect our humility and how we talk to them and about them and, and with other people. And I think that's, um, that's a really tough pill to swallow about yourself sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but important to recognize when we're trying to shepherd our kids, like you said, through these tough time so that when they're adults they they're able to deal with them so um so I heard you say you talked about it trying to fix things like jumping in and trying to fix it and I think what you were meaning was just to offer suggestions so before they can come to their own conclusion that we offer suggestions I think there's another level of fixing though that I really want you to talk about and that's when instead of just offering quick suggestions for solutions we actually provide the solutions ourselves yeah what does that look like and, and how can we avoid that yeah so we um in all of our experience and wisdom Oh, yeah. Typically feel like we can see the path out. Yeah. Right. So my daughter comes and says she, you know, had a a discussion with one of her friends at school and that didn't go the way she wanted. And my clear wisdom is like, well, you know, just go and talk to her. Here's a bulleted list of what you should say. Yeah, this is all the way it should Mm -hmm. go. And actually, she doesn't want that level of fixing. She just wants for me to be there with her in the frustrating moment, the hurt of her friend saying something she didn't want. And actually, me providing solutions puts her in this position of having to do something, right? Because I've basically said, this is what you need to do. And now she either has to obey me and do something she didn't actually want to do or disobey me, right? So, So I think our job is to realize we may not always see the best way out. Because if you think back to your own middle school days, there were probably things that you did that your parents told you not to do. 
Yeah. Or didn't do the things your parents told you to do. Yeah. I've mostly blocked mine out. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in another episode. Yeah. Um, so but let me ask you this. Instead of just maybe giving my daughter some suggestions or telling her what she should do in that friendship moment, would a better solution be for me to call the girl's mother mm. and have a conversation with her about what happened? And maybe at, a, at an adult level, we can we can fix it for them? Well, the short answer for me immediately is no. Oh, that's bad. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) So I think, okay, so the way that I recommend approaching conflict is as your child comes to you. So let's say they come and they say, you know, at um, after school, we were walking out and somebody said something to me that hurt my feelings. You know, they said that they didn't like my hair and I just got my hair done. Our job is is to just hear the story. So saying things like, oh, wow, was there anything else? Anything else? Do you want to tell me anything else about that? Or any kind of probing, continue the conversation kind of question. Sometimes it really is just like a hmm and a head nod. Wow. Just allowing the space for them to continue the story. And then after they have gotten it all the way out, then you can say, is there anything you want me to do? Is there anything you want me to say right now? And this is like in the moment, is there anything you want me to do or anything you want me to say right now? Yeah. And if they say, I want a hug, or they say, no, I just felt like I needed to tell you, or I just thought maybe you'd want to know, then that might be it. Right. Right. (laughs) If they say, you need to call her mom. Yeah. Or you should probably do what, I don't know. Yeah. I I haven't experienced this because my daughter would rather me not bring any of these things back up. And in fact, if she were listening to this, maybe she wouldn't love it. But (laughs) so um, I often ask her at the end of a conversation. So she has calmed mostly down emotionally, right? And I'll say like, okay, so right now you're saying you want me to call the teacher and let the teacher know that you had this thing happen after school. Why don't we sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and I'll ask you in the morning, do you still want me to contact your teacher and then we'll see if that's still the path you want to take? So all of us are better. There's a reason that we say just kind of sleep on it for a night. Yeah. You know, like when you wake up the next day and if you still feel that way about a big decision, then it's probably the right step, right? But many of us wake up the next day and we're like, eh, you know, it's probably all right, you know? Right. And that doesn't mean we're letting people get away with things, right? So make sure that you tuned in to, to last month's about forgiveness. Right. But sometimes we can let those things go. Or maybe we say, you know what? A different path I thought of is you could say to your friend, like, hey, you know what? It's not cool that you did that. Yeah. And I'm not okay with that. So there might be another path that you could offer. But I always, if I'm going to make a phone call to another parent, I either ask ahead of time or say, hey, is it okay with you if I call? And if it's not a question of whether I'm going to give her the option, I'll say, you may not love this, but I have to call this other parent. And here's Mm -hmm. why. Yeah. I almost, I can't even think of a time where I have recommended a parent go behind their teen's back. And that's because trust at this level is so critical. Right. And if we are asking, um, you know, if we're asking our kids to respect us and to trust us, man, there's just no quicker way to break that than to like go behind their back and yeah. 
Because maybe it was they just needed a vent or maybe they elaborated on the story a little further (laughs) at this level that sometimes can happen. And um, the best thing we can do is listen. Absolutely. So I set you up a little bit with that question because um, I maybe default too far to the other side. Yeah. I am a never get involved. Yeah. Let them handle their own stuff. Totally. Kind of parent Um, to the point where there are probably situations that I can look back on where I should have maybe... Um, had a more adult conversation with someone who was involved, but I default to having them first try to handle it on their own and then coach in the back end, right? So coach at home and here's the conversation you have. And I have one daughter who has totally embraced that idea and is very confident in standing up for herself, probably could use a little humility (laughs) in some of those conversations. And then I have another daughter who never wants to have the difficult conversations and even though she knows I'm going to say no always asks me to be the first line of defense for her yeah and that's really hard when you can see that it's a struggle and that they really do want you to intervene that's her deepest desire is to not face this herself yeah (laughs) but I know that someday she's going to be 30 yeah and she can't call me and have me intervene in these really tough conversations and she needs to learn how to fix these um these situations or or have the hard conversations or learn how to put someone else's feelings first without me stepping in and doing it for her as an adult who's been down that path. Um, So I think I need a little bit more of a mix of that (laughs) in my life um, between between my two girls. I think one thing when we're talking about fixing things for our kids, Mm -hmm. one thing we hear a lot about is um, kids being entitled or this sense of entitlement. And how, how does stepping in too often or clearing a path for them, how does that you know, work with this whole idea of kids being entitled at this age? Yeah, I think all of us uh, parents are terrified to raise entitled children. For sure. Right? We just are like, I never want my kid to be entitled. Or we may swing the other way and, you know, too frequently tell them they're ungrateful or, you know, that which isn't good either. But right. um, I think we inadvertently feel this sense of entitlement by always fixing it for them because the message we're sending is I am always on your side no matter what and you always deserve the best of any situation yeah and sometimes that's frankly just not true right (laughs) I mean that's just the truth of the world you know if I were always entitled to the best of every situation I mean I'd probably be living somewhere else I don't know but right so I think it's by continually fixing everything, by always stepping in and contacting the teacher right away or contacting the other mom or always just appeasing any emotional moment with, well, let's have ice cream and you'll feel better or let's just go buy you something and you'll feel better. Like Sometimes they have to be able to just sit and not feeling good for just a minute. Right. And I have not, let me think if I can say this truthfully. You know, I've had interactions with so many kids. And when they're emotional and they're like just ranting, right? I'm just like, I'm so angry. I'm just going to, I'm never going to, they're, they're going to have to get what they deserve. Blah, blah. Once you get them to a place of logically talking about it, like what do you think should happen? What do you think needs to be done? And even if they're still in a place like, well, they should still have to pay for what they did. Well, how would that benefit you? Like, I just, most kids are able to get to the other side of it if we give them the space to talk through it. And so by not swooping in and saving them, we can, you know, minimize those chances of 
fueling that entitlement. Yeah. And then it, it double duties as helping them manage conflicts in the future. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're teaching them the process of walking through the pros and cons, of walking through what are the consequences to anything that we do, because there's always consequences to anything we do. Absolutely. So I think to wrap up and talk about consequences just for a second, we've, we've covered you know, how our emotions and insecurities play a part mm. in the way mm-hmm. we, in, we react to our kids' failures or, or their feelings. Um, we've talked about not fixing things for them and yeah. uh, making sure that they develop their own path through things and that we, we let them try first. Yeah. Uh, and then we've also talked about, you know, this conflict resolution and conflict management idea. I was thinking about, you know, what are some really simple things that kids can do to show humility and that we can do to model humility? Yeah. I was thinking about things that, like, um, at a restaurant, you know, not leaving your table, just a complete disaster when you walk away from it shows your kids that you value the person who is your, your wait staff person. Yes. Um, same thing in hotel rooms, you know, just not leaving things a disaster everywhere you go, because what you're saying when you do that is that your assumption is that you are so much better than you are worth so much more than the person who is picking up after you or serving you or helping you that you can't even be bothered to throw away your own napkins or yes. to, you know, to, to put the uh, towels back on the rack or whatever it is, yep. you're saying a lot about the value of the other person and your interpretation of your own value. Um, so I think that would just be my encouragement to parents, too, is if these bigger conversations are too tough, just think about your the small things you do each day and, and how they do or don't show value to others around you. And in light of humility, you know, what does that look like for your kids? Yeah, my um, one of my favorite teachers, actually, you know, as I was applying to college, you have to write like a personal statement, right? And I talked about my sixth grade teacher, and his, um, his favorite thing to say to all of us was leave things better than you found them. Yeah. And he just said that so many times that it just has been ingrained in me for so long that if I leave things better than I found them, that shows other people how much I value them. It, Absolutely. it is like a constant display of humility. And so I sometimes find myself repeating that same thing. So as my kids leave, you know, the living room and they leave the light on and the TV on and, you know, everything, the pillows are all over the couch and, you know, I do think those small things really continue to add up to this message of, you know, if we all just value other people and we don't feel like, eh, well, I'm more important than their time. Nobody ever wants to feel that way. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to leave you with that today. We yeah. hope that you today, your thoughts and your ideas about parenting are a little better yes. than when we first found you yeah. about 20 minutes ago. Just, yes. One little nugget. That One you can little walk nugget. Away with. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys again next month. See y'all.